the Chicago sky have had quite a week. The sky in the state of New York has also had quite a week. But anyway, let's get back to the WNBA team rather than Mother Nature. So the Chicago Sky will aim for, I believe, their third straight win on Friday night in L.A. But actually, we are going to focus on the Sky news that's off the court. James Kay is here to break it all down, of course. The Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast, it starts right now. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello and welcome. You are Locked On to Women's Basketball. I'm Jackie Powell. I am one of your hosts. I cover the New York Liberty here at The Next. I help with our social media strategy. And I've covered women's basketball nationally at many other places. We want to thank you for making Locked on Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by everyone at The Next, a place where we cover women's basketball all the time, and we tell the stories that need to be told every day. If you subscribe now, you can get 27% off our typical price in honor of the WNBA's 27th season. Subscribe now to support the staff at The Next that works oh so hard to bring you this coverage that matters oh so much. It is $52.56 for one year um, rather than $72 per year. Also about this podcast, it is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Today's episode is brought to you all by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNBA, we'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So the last time I was with you all, dear listeners, it was Kevin Pelton and I who broke down two different French case studies and sort of what those have taught us about prioritization. But this week, we are discussing the big news that came out of the Chicago sky this week. And that had not a lot to do with the wins they were racking up on the court. So I've got our resident Chicago sky expert, James Kay here, to break this all down. So I think in the first segment, we're going to talk about this big news and how players and staff have been reacting. Segment two, we'll talk a little bit more about what this all means for the Sky as a franchise. And then in the last segment, we're going to zoom out even more and talk about what all of this means for the WNBA and itself and its growth. So James, let's begin. What was this big news that we heard this week? Jackie, I woke up to the news that we all saw. Sportico reported that the Sky had sold 10% of the team at an $85 million valuation and that the team was going to add 
eight new investors headlined by Chicago Cubs co-owner Laura Ricketts, who I reported last year for the Chicago Tribune that her and principal owner Michael Alter had engaged in conversations about her potentially investing in the Chicago sky. And it seems, though, since then that um, those talks had picked up and came to fruition by adding not just Ricketts, but also earlier this year, Nadia Rawlinson, who was announced as the co-owner of the the Chicago sky and, um, you know, seven other investors that are trying to give this team both the financial backing and also just lend their experience as business people to help repel the sky in the WNBA landscape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It seemed very clear from that Sportico report that there are pretty specific areas where the Chicago sky are looking to use this new investment. Can you just explain to the listeners where exactly they're looking to put that money into? The two big ones for me that stood out were the marketing that the sky, the, the financial backing they want to put behind marketing and also the player experience, which if you follow Sky Twitter at all, you'll see a lot of people talking about the practice facility or the lack thereof that the Chicago Sky are now kind of on a path to potentially finding in Chicago. If you don't know it already, the Sky practice in Deerfield, Illinois, which is about a 30, 40 minute drive away from the city. And We've heard players in the past talk about they actually live closer to Deerfield than they do in Chicago. And when you think about the Chicago sky and a selling point outside of, again, like the culture that they've built here, the reputation that James Wade has really put together as a head coach in this league since becoming the sky's head coach and general manager back in late 2018, one of the big selling points of a big market like Chicago is that it's in Chicago. So I do think that the Sky are going to start, I mean, they have already started the process of scouting out different areas to potentially have a practice facility in the city where it would just be theirs, which would be comparable to some of the other teams in the league with their own player experiences. Like, you know, Seattle, I believe, is still putting together a practice facility. The Aces put together a state-of-the-art practice facility, and I think the Indiana Fever have as well. There's a couple others that I'm missing, but... This is a huge deal, Jackie, for the future of the Chicago Sky. And when we talk about where those funds are going to go, the first thing that I think of is the practice facility. For sure. I mean, I think something that I'm a little curious about when it comes to this potential practice facility is how expensive it is to build in the city of Chicago. I just wonder, is that something that they are actively thinking about and Does this maybe dovetail with maybe a different locker room experience in Wintrust Arena? Because something that's really notable to me is that Wintrust Arena, I believe it is owned by DePaul. Mm -hmm. It's not very sure it's the sky's home, but it doesn't look like the sky's home in the locker room, if that makes sense. Maybe in the locker room. I've never actually been to the locker room. I never utilized mm-hmm. that access before. Just never wanted to make players feel uncomfortable. But I do think that from a price point, they're obviously going to be considering it. This It's not like they have unlimited funds. If you look back in 2014 with the Chicago Bulls, when they purchased the Advocate Center in Chicago, 
that was a $25 million investment. Mm. I don't know if the sky necessarily need, like, I forget exactly what it, like what the, how big the advocate center was. I've been in there. It is very nice, but I don't think they necessarily need to have like a state of the art practice facility. I think actually just the proximity to Wintrust arena to me is the most important thing when we talk about attracting free agents down the road. But of course, I mean, I'm sure they are thinking about the price point of what that, what the, the, the necessities are when they bring a practice facility to Chicago. And I do think when it comes to the locker room, Aspect, I, I, I guess I'll, the only example that I can really bring up is when Candace Parker went on Draymond Green's podcast. Draymond Green is a NBA player who plays for the Golden State Warriors. And she talked about how throughout her entire career, she never had a locker to herself. And that is not just a Chicago Sky thing. That is a Los Angeles Sparks thing as well. So I think it's easy to pick on the Sky. Like, I think a lot of people do. But it's like, you know what? This is actually, I think it can be unfair sometimes. This is a league-wide issue, and the teams that are leveling up are the ones that are going to be able to provide a better locker room experience. So I think the Sky are probably thinking of ways about doing that. I just haven't talked with them about it. But when you hear comments like Candace Parker saying, like, I just wanted to have my own locker or a practice facility where I can go shoot at night and not be disturbed, you know, like, I think that's a real thing. And the Sky probably heard that, and it's one of the reasons they are acting on it. Um, in a way that I think it was probably always a, a goal of theirs, but they're actually ne- like they're putting this to action and we're seeing them prioritize that where we didn't really hear a lot of rumblings about that after the 2021 finals when they won their first championship. Absolutely. I mean, the reason I bring up the locker room experience is just because I know it is very important to players to see their team's logo in the locker room, on the facilities. As you all know, I have covered the New York Liberty and the Liberty went through a dark period where the Madison Square Garden company did not value them like the New York Knicks were valued. And it's a very simple, simple symbol. A bit of alliteration there, but (laughs) being able to put that logo everywhere means you have a sense of ownership in that space, if that makes sense. So thought it was an interesting thing to consider and to bring up. Absolutely. And I know that we're talking about it in the lens that we're talking about in terms of like, what does this mean? X, Y, and Z. Like, I do think after we've been critical of the sky before in on this front and they've had that reputation, I think this is a moment of celebration for right now. I know that they're, I believe that, um, you know, their steps still need to be taken. Like this isn't an official announcement yet. I think that's what Sportico said in its article, but this is a time to celebrate the Chicago sky, making a huge move, taking the next step as a franchise and what they went through this past free agency. I think that it's not going to happen again to the same extent, losing like top, like, five really important players when you can sell them on the experience of Chicago again. And I know that James Wade, you know, he's, he's really invested in this season and this group. So him, when people were asking about investment and everything, he's not thinking about next free agency. I think he's rightfully thinking about what's happening on the court for this team, but I, 
you can get the feeling that this is something that the entire franchise is excited about. Same with the players who obviously everyone wants to see this, these type of improvements because it help, not just helps the sky, it helps the rest of the league. Yeah, I was just going to ask sort of what the, the reaction from the current team has been. I mean, I know you've, excuse me, you've been at, at games, you've been able to ask folks around, but what, I guess, if you could expand upon that, sort of like emotionally how they're feeling about all of this. You know, I really do think that the sentiment that I see across the WNBA is that when one team adds resources and is able to level up, that it's a win for the rest of the league. And that's kind of what Dana Evans and Alana Smith were saying the other day before the Indiana Fever game that went to overtime, such an incredible matchup. But mm-hmm. I do think that's kind of where the sentiment is. It's not just about what this means for Chicago. It's about what it means for the rest of the league. And when one organization raises the standard for what, um, you know, for how it's supposed to operate as a franchise, the other teams underneath it, then look to themselves and then they have to raise their standard if they want to stay competitive and not lose the players that fans build relationships with. So that's honestly like the biggest reaction we got, like James Wade, again, I think he didn't necessarily downplay it. Like he praised ownership for like working to get to this point. And again, I think there's also this apocryphal belief that this guy haven't done anything to improve the franchise until you know, they were able to add Nadia Rollinson to the ownership group. And again, getting an 85 value, $85 million valuation, like this guy have been adding, like they spent $50,000 on a anti-gravity machine that helps like players who are injured with their lower bodies, be able to take some of the weight off and be able to stay in shape and continue cardio when they're injured. And I think Ruthie Hebert recently is someone that um, was that utilized that same thing with Azra Stevens when she was out for a while. Um, so like, I do think that the sky they're, they're building something here. And obviously the headline is $85 million, but the, what they were doing, even this past season, they've been doing this, like they've been adding resources steadily and might not grab headlines all the time, but they're putting in that work, and I think they are changing the perception of what they were back 10 years ago, honestly. Like, I think that is a huge testament to where this team is at right now. Absolutely. And in the next segment, we're going to get into a little bit more of what this means for the sky in, in the present and in the future as well. But first, I want to talk to the listeners all about eBay Motors. And so for a championship caliber team, uh, you want to find, or it's about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop on eBay Motors and with 122 million parts to choose from, 
will be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's get back to our program here. So James, you started to go into it a little bit about what this sort of means for the the Skies franchise. But I guess where I want to go is I want to bring the listeners back to a comment you made when we first discussed uh, Nadia Rawlinson and her addition to this franchise. And this was on our show on January 27th. And, and you said, you got to be able to listen to people who are telling you things have to change. I thought that was an absolutely fascinating comment. And so I, I guess I'm just curious about, you know, how you think the sky got from point A to point B when it comes to, okay, you know, learning that some change has to happen. I don't want to speculate on that necessarily. I just know that when you probably go through what the sky went through this past off season, when someone as important as Courtney Vandersloot as Candace Parker, like those two foundational pieces leave in free agency. And you look at what the sky were able to offer in terms of resources versus what the Liberty and aces were able to offer. Like there is a discrepancy there, but the one thing that, I think that James Wade has kind of commented on as well. It's just that can't be all of it. You can like a state of art, state of the art facility. You can't bring that to like on the court with you. Like you still have to win. And then when I look at players like Courtney Vandersloot and Candice, they care about winning, you know, that's the number one priority for them. And I just think that when you look at where the sky are at right now, I think they probably did have a little bit of a, coming to Jesus moment of just, Hey, we probably do need to start thinking about what those type of resources mean to players. But again, I don't even want to say that they're just starting to think about it. I mean, they have been adding resources since James Wade has come to the Chicago sky. And I don't think it's necessarily like a, a flip of the switch. It is a gradual process, but going through what they went through in terms of losing some players that just meant a lot to the franchise that they wanted to retain. I do think that there's a chance they maybe come back if they're maybe centrally located in Chicago, but even Candace was talking about how she wanted to be closer to the West coast to be with her family. Courtney talked about how she was really sold on the Liberty's vision. Like maybe these are things that maybe there was just time for them to go. And I don't. I, I guess you could use the the skies free agents departing um, from the franchise after a while as one reason for why they would really hit the gas pedal in terms of finding new ownership and everything. But I don't think there's any concrete reporting that I have to actually say that. So I that's kind of where I stand with that one. For sure, for sure. You know, I, I guess something that I think about, and I sort of compare this to what the league is generally looking at when it comes to that 2025 TV deal. It's sort of like, okay, 
we know this is coming. The same sort of thing with, you know, the Skies facility and, and some of those changes. I just wonder, you know, obviously you want to get this news out and it's important to. But for some of the current players, I mean, I just wonder, is it hard where it's sort of like, okay, the, the good and the change, it's coming, but we can't reap the benefits right now. Like, I'm assuming that's probably hard. I don't know. I think yeah. that this team, the players that signed for this season, signed for the conditions that they're playing under this season. And I can't express this enough or overstate it. Everyone on this Chicago Sky team is bought in and loves the situation that they're in. Everyone is happy during press conferences. No one's sulking. Everyone is the energy, whether it's high or low, they're all on the same plane. And I don't think that someone like Courtney Williams, who's been around this league for quite a while, is being thinking just about herself, being like, mm -hmm. wow, I really wish we would have that practice, practice facility right now. It's like, no, like, again, a win for a team and its future is a win for the rest of the league. And everyone who covers the league to the players that actually produce on the court want to see the league grow. So I don't think there's anyone in that organization who plays for the organization that's just thinking about missing out on an opportunity because they could very well be there, but still be with this team in the future. This is a young team. And I know that it's probably frustrating for this news to even come out during the season and have it be a distraction before a game that they had to play at in like against Indiana, a team historically is actually, they've had a lot of close matchups with the sky. Even when the sky clearly had more talent, it's like, I think that's probably the thing I've been curious about, like hmm. why this couldn't have happened a little bit closer, like, you know, before the start of the season, but Again, I'm not a business person. I don't know how these timetables work. All I know, though, is that everyone is happy about it, but their focus is what's happening on the court this season has been from the get-go. For sure. I think where I want to move to now is just the impact that Nadia Rawlinson has been able to have in such a short period of time, right? So she came on or she was announced, it was at the end of January. And so now we're at around, you know, early June. So that's around what, like five plus months. And so I'm just curious from, from your standpoint, from all the, the research you've been able to do, what do you feel like she's been able to accomplish in those five months? I just think that she's someone that represents the direction and where this guy want to go. And she, if you look at that Sportico article, she's the one that's talking to these people. Like she, even with the Chicago Tribune, the Chicago Sun-Times, Nadia is the voice of this, even though Michael Alter is the principal owner. And that's not a knock on him. It's just Nadia is a great communicator. I've only had a chance to talk with her during in a press conference when she was being introduced as the co-owner. And she has a lot of energy. She's someone that's very personable from what I gather. And I think when you have a strong voice like that and just another voice in the room when you're even trying to add investors and an important part of this too, is that this is an all woman investment group coming in here. And that's, I can't say enough about how big that is even past the WNBA, but Nadia is a strong presence. And I think having, adding more people like that into the mix 
can only do you, I don't know, there's just a lot of good that can come from that. For sure. For sure. I mean, I think it's been, you know, I, it's been interesting. And I, I think we mentioned this earlier. She is known as their, um, she's the, the sky's chairwoman, right? Rather mm -hmm. than, it, it's really interesting the name that they chose to, to give her. She's the chairwoman and she's a co-owner. And sort of, it, it seems like her role is doing a lot of that organizing, a lot of the making connections with people. And as you said, she's she's a very she's an excellent communicator. And it's it's just fascinating to see this guy know that they need this type of front office expansion. I think if I read properly in the Sportico report, I think some of the funds are also going to go to making sure that there is more staff in the organization so that people aren't overworked so that there there are staff members that you know cover one job instead of two or three and so i think that also reflects on the health of a franchise as well making sure that work is distributed in in a way where people are not um i guess overworked or overburdened and you know you want everything to get done and you need a sizable workforce to do that that is definitely something i think they've been looking at too it's they've carried over people from last year who like there were some interns but now they actually have like full-time people that are on staff like they have their social media coordinator connor moore has he's actually gotten a lot of I don't know. It's been popping off a little bit after like some of these, after some of these wins, there's some trend. I think someone was telling, I have, I don't know. I'm not in tune with everything, but like he's had some funny social media posts. Like I think the continuity that you bring over and even something as simple as social media that represents the brand that you have, that you want to grow says a lot, you know, that they want to have that continuity to have when you're able to know, like, learn how someone else works and they know how you work. There's so much that you can accomplish coming after that. So that's definitely a component of it. No, no doubt. I love that. I mean, I've been looking at some of the social media posts. I think the the one against the fever was pretty hilarious. I think he, he chose <laughs> some different rhyming words. I I don't want to flub it up, but the, the one against the fever has been excellent. One against the liberty was pretty good as well. Um, it's really important to have someone full time who can be that online voice of your team, because I think and this is something that comes from the legal level and from Kathy Engelbert and all of the growth and development staff at the WNBA. They're really leaning into the fact that new fans are going to come from digital platforms that you know, the WNBA is embracing that fans and new fans and young fans are digital natives. So having a social media coordinator who works full time and that you know, understands who this team is, who they are, and has the time and flexibility to create that voice, it's huge. Not just huge for the sky, but the whole league. And as you were, James, what were you going to say? For sure. And it's like, I want to shout out more people too, like Amber, who does video coordination for the sky, just does excellent work. And having, I mean, 
my God, like some of the best work this guy have done have come through the lens that Amber is holding. And it's great to see them continuing to build. Like Again, there's going to be times when as reporters, we have to be critical and be honest with the people that read our stuff because that's what our job is. <laughs> you know, we're here to tell what we see and what the truth is. And a part of that truth though, is to see that this, like, I just have to keep putting it out there. Like this team is growing. It is taking a lot of positive steps. And I know there's, again, even we've already talked about like already thinking about what it means in free agency and even looking back at what happened in free agency this past, like this past off season, it's like, there's only so much focus we can give on that where we can, it is just, I've just been so impressed by how the sky are building this thing out because when you have a big market like this, you should have multiple people working behind, uh, you know, people that don't normally get credit and take on roles that aren't always the most glamorous. And this is just a true step in the right direction. So yeah, just want to shout out all those people because it is a sacrifice at times. Yeah. And it's a win for them too. And so we're going to take another quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what the the new valuation number of the sky means for the WNBA. There were a lot of these discussions when the Storm uh, were able to report their valuation, but we're going to look at that as well with just a, a new context in looking at the sky. But first, I want to talk to you all about bird dogs. And so are you looking for the perfect Father's Day gift? I know Father's Day is coming up. And if you are scrambling, I do have the perfect gift for your dad, grandfather, uncle, or whoever who is celebrating Father's Day to make their special day even better. So yes, bird dogs. They are pants and shorts and bathing suits with so much versatility in their fit, but also they are just so comfortable. Their stretchy fabric makes your legs look great, and according to my editor, they are much more comfy than other shorts or pants. Bird dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement. They also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day. What's brilliant about bird dogs is that they can be worn almost anywhere. Wear them when you're just hanging out, at a meeting, or on a date. So with Father's Day coming up, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. When you enter promo code LockedOnNBA, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Alrighty. So yes, Father's Day around the corner. Bird dogs, that is, that's a pretty good gift idea, to be quite honest. So anyway, let's talk about sort of what this news for the sky means for the WNBA. And I think we were sort of discussing this through other segments because it's Mm -hmm. sort of hard not to think about it in that way. Because, James, you kept saying, like, the players, their belief is that when one franchise takes this step, it's 
beneficial to the rest of the league. So I'm just curious from your standpoint, what does the the franchise valuation of this guy, that $85 million, what does that do for the W and its growth? I think just seeing that number rise from team to team each time this happens is just an enormous win for the W. I think there's this apocryphal belief that the WNBA is like there's uh, it's not succeeding because there's not enough money in it necessarily. Like I don't necessarily believe in that. I think there are like, I do think that when we like, we're seeing people come and show the money and invest in these teams. And when you look at how the sky are now, what they're the second highest valuation in the WNBA now behind the storm, it's you see numbers like that, that I think catch headlines and show people who don't know what the WNBA's worth is show like, Oh wait, no, there's people like, this is actually something I can take more seriously as much as I hate those people and think that you should just like basketball for what it is. It's just, I do think the, the coverage of it honestly sticks out to me more when we look at how the WNBA built its perception in terms of being a financially backed league. That to me is what sticks out more than just in terms of differentiating between like, not or just, just something different from what we've already talked about, um, about how the standards continue to increase and, or they just continue to, I don't know, like the, the standards become higher just because teams can't sit around and have the Liberty aces and the sky, you know, in these bigger markets potentially be better free agency destinations and take homegrown talent away um, I, I mean, those are the two biggest things to me, Jackie. Again, just continuing to level up and what that does for the competition in the league. Yeah, you know, I also sort of think about how expansion sort of dovetails into this as well. Mm-hmm. You know, with those high valuations, then that obviously that could yield to a larger expansion fee. I think that's a really good point. And I've always felt that the WNBA has had so much potential and that if you can get in on the ground floor, whatever that looks like to people, like you should do it. I think we we have this example, like a prime example in the NBA. And I know we've probably talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast, but when we look at the NBA and its rise in the eighties and how I think the Boston Celtics could have been purchased for like $75 million at one point in like, the early nineties or something, something like that. It's just like, how do you not jump on these opportunities when we continue to see the, these valuations climb? It's, it blows my mind. Um, so <laughs> I think when it comes to potential expansion, there's going to be people looking at this and being like, Oh, now is the time to jump in on this and maybe push to have that case for their city to have a WNBA team and invest in it. For sure. And, you know, something I also think about, and I think about, um, it was Howard's piece from last spring about the the charter flights. And obviously, charter flights continues to be such a huge point of discourse when we talk about the WNBA. And the reason I bring this up is because that whole saga and situation, it sort of illustrated the divide within the Board of Governors. And so what I'm sort of seeing here is that with the sky assembling this new and improved ownership group, you know, a group of, of women and, and I'm assuming women of color as well, obviously with Nadia Rawlinson, that maybe 
you know, the emergence of this ownership group leads to some changes on that front, some more alliances within the board of governors, you know, a very powerful group that can push some of these changes that can, you know, advocate for charter flights a bit sooner than maybe the league is, is, is saying. When you bring in people who have the money to improve things immediately, and they're told that that is not something they want to be push forward because for whatever reason, you know, you go back and read Howard's reporting. There's going to be more faces that like, or that raise an eyebrow there that it's going to make that environment uncomfortable to the point where they're going to have to be pushing for chartering. They're going to like, think about someone like Laura Ricketts, who she's not just bringing in a financial backing with this team. She is bringing in experience, knowing how to run a functional or at least now semi-functional organization with the Chicago Cubs and she's probably betting on those conversations about like what needs to happen for X, Y, and Z. I just think that when you add more voices like that into the fold, that those conversations end up probably becoming more uncomfortable and lead to positive change that we all want to see. I mean, I think we're sort of seeing this happen before our eyes. I mean, I know it is very, it is too soon to sort of, um, to judge Matt Abisha at um, Phoenix. And Mm -hmm. if I botched his name, I apologize. But he has publicly said that he is in support of WNBA players chartering all of their flights. And so obviously he's just talking and there is not a lot of action there. But the fact that he said even anything, you know, that sort of moves Phoenix from one side of the table to the next. And it seems pretty clear to me that the same is sort of happening for the sky here with just this new leadership and this new philosophy and more resources. Maybe in terms of public perception, like there's probably, I I just don't want to speak for Michael Alter. Um, I haven't spoken to him one-on-one since last year. So I think that the sky are maybe they think about those things um, in terms of the public perception, but I do think everyone wants to get to the point where they, it's not like they want to deprive these women of the resources. It's just maybe that there's probably something going on in the business end that they think that it's not the right move moving forward. I'm not trying to be an owner's apologist by any means, but I do know this again with the sky, their commitment to shedding a 10% of the team in order to start moving these things forward. I think that pro- that shows that dedication to adding the resources within the team and probably an indication of what they are going to be willing to do down the line when chartering comes up again in a couple of years in the new CBA is that uh, is going to be talked about. And I'm sure chartering is going to be one of the big items on that list. You bet. Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you all for making Locked on Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And I want to give a huge thank you and shout out to James for returning to the show. Follow him at James underscore M underscore K. And remember to join us for tomorrow's episode. And yes, we are on six days a week where Ari Graham, I believe, is going to be talking about the Dallas Wings and how Manny Segrist is transitioning to the WNBA. I believe she scored a career high last night against the Mercury, which was quite impressive. So you'll have to stay tuned 
to listen to what she has to say about Maddie. Well, thank you all very much, and we wish you a wonderful rest of your Thursday. This is Jackie Powell and James Kay signing off. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 